the Driven Women's Guide to Love, Life, and Business. Hosted by the boss ladies Alex and Gabby. Combined, their network gathers an array of women from various industries who exemplify strength and tenacity. Their fun and positive approach to life will awaken the boss in you. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Yvette Medina started her career in the music industry in 2003 at Creative Artist Agency in Los Angeles in the music department. Under the guidance of Daryl Eaton and Chris Dalston, she was able to work with a wide array of artists from Blink-182, Enrique Iglesias, Bon Jovi, and Ricky Martin. In the process there, she realized her passion was for Latin music. In 2007, she moved to Miami and began working with Michelle Vega, who's the VP of Latin Music at William Morris Agency. There, she grew and learned more about global touring and the music industry. By 2009, she rejoined the Ricky Martin team at Sony Music Latin as his label manager, as well as label manager to top artists like Romeo Santos, Pitbull, Calle 13, and Alexis Ifido. Her creative marketing techniques and understanding of each artist's concepts and visions led her to branch out in 2012 and open her own management company, Creative Management Firm. And there, she continued to work with Pitbull as head of marketing for him and his global brand. After numerous top charting singles, Grammy wins, and worldwide tours and global brand expansion in 2016, she continued on to Jay-Z's Rock Nation. At Rock Nation, she became the general manager of Rock Nation Latin, led by CEO and global superstar Romeo Santos. After two years with Rock Nation Latin, she returned to artist management and has continued to focus on her own roster of talent under her own company. Amazing to have one of my best friends in the business on the podcast. I've been wanting, dying to have her on, but we hadn't done a Skype interview in such a long time. And finally, after two years, we're like, Alex, let's get a little techie around here. <laughs> You've actually been asking me for a while yes. to do this and I've kept hesitating. And guys, honestly, I am not the techie person on this side of town. Yeah. Alex is. So I was like, Alex, we have to make this happen because there's so many amazing women in outside of Miami and outside of like, you know, where we live. And we wanted to talk to them. And one of them being Yvette, who is like a world traveler. Welcome to Girls Gone Boss, Yvette Matina. Hey, Yvette. Hi, thank you so much for having me. We are so excited. We are. And I've always like, I've known you through Gabby, but only through social media. <laughs> so I feel like I know you, but I don't know you. So it's so nice to finally yeah. like meet you. I know. Nice to meet you too. I've heard a lot about you as well. Yes. So my first question is, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, how you got into the industry, just everything about yourself from the very beginning. Okay. So I'm originally from East LA, that's in Los Angeles. Um, I grew up there. And I mean, basically, after that, I moved to, um, to San Diego, where I went to college at UC San Diego. Um, and I lived out there for four years. I came back to LA and I started in the music business while I was in San Diego. I kind of, in San Diego, there wasn't really that much of a, you know, an industry like there is in LA for music and things like that. But, um, I kind of just started working as an assistant for a booking agency out there that booked DJs. And that's kind of how I got like my first real feel for the, for the business. And I just fell in love with it. That's exactly where I knew I wanted to be. And I kind of just started really exploring options to, you know, continue in that field once I, once I graduated college, which wasn't even my major or, or anything like that. I have a degree in political science. So, so I'm way far off from where I, uh, 
got my degree in. So political so, science, how did you find yeah. love for music and how did you go into that direction? Well, I thought originally I went to college to be a lawyer and and I wanted to be an entertainment lawyer. But as I continued to do a lot of internships and things like that, I kind of just realized how disconnected, you know, being a lawyer was from the actual artist and the actual day-to-day kind of stuff, which I'm really a type of person who likes to be hands-on in things. And I just realized that that wasn't for me. So that's kind of where I was like, okay, let me see what else I can, how else I can dabble into getting this, this business. But I already had three years of, you know, going to college and I was about to graduate. So I just kind of finished and always knew that I could fall back on, you know, my degree in political science and stick in, you know, stay in law if this didn't pan out at some point. <laughs> Super fun fact. Yvette, I wanted to be an entertainment lawyer too. And then I realized, yes, girl. But then I realized, oh my God, I started to look at the like curriculum and I was like, oh my God, hell no. They're like contract law and courts. And I was like, what the fuck? No, I'm not doing that. And that is just not me. Exactly. I needed to be in the mix and in somewhere where you can kind of just exercise creativity, be around the artist. Um, So I totally get it. I love it that, that you also explored that and that we have that in common. So tell us yeah, about, okay. tell us about, okay, so you started with the assistant thing, booking DJs, then you transitioned into yeah. working in CAA, right? Which is one of the yeah. biggest, one of the biggest agencies, talent agencies out there. Can you kind of explain that, that journey? And then to our listeners who are listening, um, you know, kind of like just break down what agents do and, and just, you know, what an agency provides the services to artists just so that they can see where you started and then where you evolved into. Yeah, for sure. So when I graduated, I mean, I moved back to L.A. And, you know, when you first get out of college, you're looking for a job or opportunities. And it was tough for like six months. I was applying to different places and I I ran into somebody that I had interned for before who he had worked at CAA as an assistant. Now he was working at like VH1 and he's the one that basically put me in contact with HR. And um, from there, the first opportunity to work in at the company was to work in talent. So uh, CAA is a full service talent agency. So besides being able to book music artists, they have actors and producers and writers. And so I first got an assistant position as um, in talent. So, which men had nothing to do with music, but, you know, reading scripts and things like that. And I took the job because I was like, that's my foot in the door. And then after a year of doing that, I transitioned to another, I transitioned into the music department. And I really just lucked out because I got one of the best agents, I think, in this business. And that's Daryl Eaton. And he, you know, was the creator of the Warp Tour. He was, he's still the the agent for Enrique Iglesias, for like Blink-182, for an array of artists. So I got to learn a lot. And basically, uh, a booking agent books your shows, your tours, and negotiates for you around the world to have the best opportunities that, you know, the artist is looking for, whether it be shows or brand opportunities, or even, you know, when you see artists that are in film and TV, those agents are there to basically help the management book you in all aspects of your career. And go ahead, Alex. I have a question, something that I've wondered my entire life. 
when you book yeah. for a tour, do you contact the venues directly or is there, is there like a booking agent for all the venues? Because then all the tours, tours always line up so perfectly, like with dates. And I've always thought that's so yeah. interesting, but I don't understand how it actually happens. Yeah. So the agent is in charge of what they call routing the tour, which was what I would do is, yeah, you basically, you know, let's say we're going to do a tour in the United States and you have to call all the venues or some venues have promoters mm-hmm. and you have to ask them what the availability is of each venue. And then once you, as the agent, have all the venue availability, then you start routing and making, you know, you invent the tour and then you figure out where you start and where you end. That's so a that lot of work. Yeah. So, really so, you know, for somebody that has, that has a lot of artists or a big artist that, you know, has a huge tour, it's really time consuming. But, you know, that's why they're agents and they do a great job at it. <laughs> and it's so fascinating because you have to like geographically like set mm-hmm. it up in a way that makes sense because yeah. you're not going to have the artist mm-hmm. fly from L.A. then go to like Miami. And it's not just the Miami artist, and it's then the dancers, to, yeah. the crew, everybody. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's such a science behind it. So it's great that we're like breaking it down for our listeners because I don't think people, people just go to shows and they, oh, they're having fun. But th- yes. there's so much behind that. And then you have to yeah. be in and out in like a day. So that's even crazier. The production side, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And that was during the time I met you, Yvette, when you were working, um, you ended up moving to Miami after CAA, right? Yeah. Yeah. After CAA, I mean, honestly, it was amazing. I loved CAA. I didn't want to leave there. Um, I learned how to book, you know, in the United States. I learned how to book internationally and all the laws in every country to be able to make shows happen. And as I was working with Daryl, there were so many Latin artists that wanted him to be the agent. And Latin and Latin at the time, you know, there was more crossover artists like Shakira, you know, Enrique Iglesias, Ricky Martin. And so even though Daryl had all those artists and we were routing them, I felt like this was kind of my niche at this point. I was the only one that spoke Spanish. I got into more doing Latin stuff. And I thought, you know, the only way for me to keep growing is to take that. that I'm the only one speaking Spanish here and really learn as much as I can. So I applied to William Morris, who had a Latin division, and I moved to Miami and continued to try to, you know, learn as much as I could in, in booking and in the agency world. And so that's when I met Gabby. Yeah. And that and William Morris. you were OK. So our bosses were like BFFs. They, which which of your bosses? Um, Jesus Lara. Okay. Uh, during that time, I was working for Jesus Lara. Yeah. Shout out to Jesus. And she was working for a very uh, important agent, Latin agent, Michelle Vega. And they were like BFFs. So, and then we met at some event, right? And then we just clicked. Yeah. And so like the assistants became like, yeah, BFFs. Yeah. Um, but at that <laughs> time, I remember Yvette was so adamant about being an agent. She was like, I'm going to be an mm-hmm. agent. I'm going to be an agent. Remember? Yeah, I was like about it. I've been doing it for so long. To me, like that's all I knew how to do. <laughs> exactly. But she was like, that was like her dream. Like, And I mm-hmm. say it because like sometimes we're so stuck in what we want to do. But like life throws you different things and different opportunities. And then you end up somewhere else that's yeah. even bigger and better. Yeah. And and I yeah. say, and I say that to share it so that you can tell listeners like, damn, you know, I was so stuck in this. But then I got this opportunity, which she ended up leaving the agency world to go into the label world, which is another side of the business, of the music business. So you got this opportunity with Sony Music Latin in Miami. Tell us about that. 
Yeah. So like you said, I was so set on being an agent. And I mean, I had moved to Miami and everything to, you know, just be a better me and learn more. And as I continued to do it, then I also realized maybe this, I don't know, like I just felt something in me that I wanted to do more or do something else. And I reached out to Bruno Del Granado, who was at the time Ricky Martin's manager. And I told him like, let me know if you know of any opportunities. And I wanted to, at that time, move from Miami to New York because I love New York and I wanted to just keep exploring the city. And he's like, I found you a job. And it was being Ricky's label manager at Sony. And I was like, no, how? I don't even know what that is. Like, well, what do you want me to do there? And he was like, no, you're going to be great. Like, you know how to do all that stuff. You're just not applying it in the way that you would in the booking world, but it'll be fine. And so when I met with Sony, I was able to, well, I was going to become Ricky's label manager. But then my, like, I guess my forte would be more in the urban space. And so I asked them if I could be the label, ma- man- label manager to all the artists that they have at Urban. And they agreed. And they were developing artists. And I, I love that. So at the time, I, you know, as a label manager, you manage everything that happens at the label, which is marketing plans and digital opportunities, or at that time, physical opportunities. So you're overseeing everything and you yeah, know, the middle at the time, the management and the label. Yeah, I just want to break it down. So like physical opportunities yeah. is like basically when she first started, like the actual like physical album was a thing Um, because mm-hmm. now it's kind of obsolete. I mean, we still do them, but it's not such a demand. So just to clarify. Yeah. yeah so like Gabby said, selling CDs and, you know, things that nowadays you just find them online but back then there was a lot more I guess physical aspects to selling music so yeah you know that's kind of how I started in the label world and I honestly in the beginning I didn't even know what I was doing or I felt I didn't know what was happening I remember (laughs) that time too we went through the (laughs) journey yeah I was used to booking shows and you know calling and getting avails and routing tours and now I'm doing marketing plans and I'm just like what is happening I have no clue (laughs) and I kind of just realized like, wow, it was really hands-on. If I wanted to be hands-on, that's as hands-on as you can get. You're right there in the mix dealing every day with, you know, opportunities for the artist. And as time went on, I mean, I got used to it and I really liked it. I I found a passion for it and I don't know, it was just became my thing. And I realized this is like the management side of things on a day-to-day with the artist was more what I wanted to do. And like Gabby said, I took that leap and I was afraid. I didn't know what was going to happen, but it ended up being the journey I continue to take up until now. But not only did you work with Ricky Martin, I mean, tell everybody your roster. You ended up working with some <laughs> of the biggest artists in Latin music that today are like superstars. But you started with them like in a very early stage of their career. So it's kind of beautiful to see that, you know, that evolution of the artist and then eventually how much respect they have for you because you ended up working with a lot of them. So tell us about that. Yeah, so... I was lucky enough to, you know, I have Ricky Martin at the time, which was, he was doing amazing things and he's a global superstar. And I had a lot of other artists like Alex Vicido, Kai Trece, um, Dylan Eleni, Toby Love. And then I also was lucky enough to work with Romeo Santos when he was going solo and then also worked with Pitbull. And some of those artists, honestly, were the best thing that could have happened to me. They changed my life being able to work with them. I learned a lot. What are some of the biggest lessons that you learned out of the label from working there and working with those artists and developing their careers? 
Yeah, I think like with the variable system, like any company, you know, there's things that you have to follow and it's a lot of give and take. And I think, you know, being a label manager, you're in the middle where you're trying to do what you can for the artist based on their vision, but at the same time, fit it within the, the label system that, you know, they're trying to, at the end of the day, make money. So I think in business in general, you just have to be open to compromise and really being able to at the same time stick to your guns on certain things and know which one, like what you're going to really go for and fight for. And I think that is important because artists appreciate that. And at the end of the day, you have that not only leads you to have good business rapport, but at the also at the same time, people trusting your opinion and the decisions that you're making on their behalf. Yeah, I feel like with uh, when you're a label manager, you're the champion for that artist within the label. So it's such a yeah. honor to be in that position, um, working with creatives and and making their their basically their dreams happen. So totally. And then in in, yeah. that in 2012, you ended up branching out on your own, right? You went on your own yeah. and then you started, you became the head marketing for Pitbull. Yeah. So tell us a so, little bit about that. Yeah. So, I mean, when I was at Sony, I was lucky enough to work with Pitt and we hit it off since day one. And he, working with him, honestly, is the, the point where it just changed my life. Because at that point, he was, I didn't start with him as a, as a client, as an artist. I was in his label manager. And I met him at an event that Sony just sent me to uh, to work. And they were just like, hey, if you need something, you know, just be there, be attentive. I said, okay, cool. We landed up hitting it off. He asked me if I could uh, put a marketing plan for him together. And mind you, I'm not even his label manager. <laughs> so I said, yeah, for sure. Let me do this. So I put a plan together for him. He was coming out with his first Spanish album. And... So I did that. And literally two days later, he came into Sony and he told the president, I want her to work on my project. Like, basically, I need her to be able to do whatever she does for all the other artists, but for me. And in that moment, everything changed for me because that Pitbull was already Pitbull. And he was about to put out uh, another album through uh, RCA, which is like a sister affiliate of, of Sony Latin. And he was at the top of the charts everywhere you would see him. So for me to be able to work that project was amazing. As time went on, he asked me, you know, what I wanted to do. And I said, I wanted to have my own artist and just kind of branch out and build my own company. And he said he would help me. And so we kind of just planned things out and I landed up leaving. He landed up hiring me and I opened up my company. He told me basically what to do. And his whole team was just kind of my team at that point. And even though I was working for him, he, he you know, showed me how to, you're going to be, have your own company. You're going to run it this way. And these are the steps you're going to take. But always having him as like my backbone and as a client and doing everything I did for him at Sony, but now for himself and the label that he was going to open. That's so amazing. Let me tell you, that was scary. <laughs> I know. Imagine it having scary. it all in your hands for this global yeah. superstar. I met him once at MTV and he was the, such a gentleman. He's so nice. He's so, so nice. I know you guys are used to working with the artists, but for me that I don't usually work with like musical artists, like I just felt that he was a warm gentleman. And I, sometimes like that's very hard to find, you know, like just in people in general. So it was nice. He's definitely a gentleman for sure. No, he's a great person to know and to talk to and just, you know, I don't know, 
those ideas with and dreams because he's he's been there, you know, and he's built this on his. He started from from nothing and became this person, and he just believes in helping minorities and helping people in general. So for me, that was amazing, but again, scary because I went from always working corporate America and having a job that you know you have a monthly paycheck, and now here I am doing this by myself. So what and would be what would be like your proudest moment with him? Uh, I think one of the proudest moments is when he won an American Grammy for his Latin album. Ooh, ooh, that's yeah. huge. You were part yeah, of the you were part like, of the team while he while that happened. That's amazing. I, I didn't yeah. know that. That was in twenty that was in twenty sixteen. And um yeah, he performed at the Grammys. He performed as Datsi and he also closed the Grammy performing Badman. And for us that was amazing. I honestly remember sitting there waiting for it to be announced and it was in the pre telecast, which means it wasn't on T V. But we were all sitting there and they announced the the winner, but it's a tie. So they announced the other album first and we were obviously sad, let down. But it was only like 10 seconds and then they say, it's a tie. And they say his name and we went crazy. We're like, oh my God, because we had worked so hard. And that was my first album working like alone. It wasn't affiliated with anybody else, you know? That's amazing, so, Yvette. That's definitely some, a proud moment. Yeah, that was one of, I think, the best one. I can't imagine like <laughs> the emotions you go through for something like that. Just like the reward. And an American Grammy. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. Because yeah. there's a Latin Grammy and then there's an American, yeah. but the American yeah, one. It's a it crossover, like right? Spanish crossing album. over. On a Spanish album, guys. This is huge. Mm-hmm. Congrats. That, yo, that's like kudos to Yvette. Yeah. Listen, we're not <laughs> talking to like a rookie here. Like this girl <laughs> is pretty badass. Well, well, and then on top of that, I want to transition into um, just also another artist of yours that really trusted in you um, after your time with Pitbull. Um you got an important phone call. Tell us about that phone call that Romeo Santos gave you. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a little, I mean, when I saw the news first that he had basically become the CEO of Rock Nation and I hit him up and, you know, I hit him up on the email to congratulate him and also Johnny Marines who, um, you know, at that they announced that he would be the president and, I was so proud of them because I, you know, I worked with Romeo and Johnny at, at Sony and they were always amazing to me. And honestly, I remember a conversation that I had with Romeo before. I had a conversation with all the artists when I was going to leave to work for Pitbull. And he was just like, this is a great opportunity for you. And if there's something I, if there's an opportunity that I can bring to you in the future, I'll come back for you. And we were cool the whole time. I would see them all at shows and things like that. And then that happened. and you know, it was actually Johnny and him that called and they were just like, are you ready to come to Rock Nation? I was like, are you kidding me? And they're just like, no, like we have this opportunity and we're coming back. And I was just like, wow, you know? And so I thought that was amazing because it had been years. It had been like four years since we've worked together and they could have picked anybody to call. And, you know, they offered me the position of, of general manager Rock Nation Latin to oversee the label, publishing, and management. And I thought it was a great opportunity for me at the time, now that I've been, you know, working with Pitt for so many years and heading all his marketing and the label on his side and the artists that he was signing to come over and be able to grow as a person in this business even more. 
So I was really excited to be able to transition into yeah, that, that was like such a huge move for your career. I remember that as well. I was over the moon for you. And I remember because everybody that knows me and you know me, I'm a huge Jay-Z fan. And I would be like, girl, so do you see Jay-Z in the office? What's he doing? Is he walking around? <laughs> I mean, it's so huge for you. That was like such a like, I mean, I know it's probably very scary as well. I mean, every move is scary. Like, but it's so awesome to me. I feel that you have built that trust with these artists. And what do you think made you stand out like that for them to like really just like, um, you know, for them to really trust you in, in, in bringing you on to their projects? I think, I mean, with all the artists, I really would take the time to get to know what they're, what they're trying to build, what they're trying to accomplish and take their vision and make that happen. So at the label, I mean, I was kind of the person that went against the grain. And if the artist wanted this, I would push. I would push hard. And sometimes it'd be kind of like uh, you work for the, the label, not for the artist, you know. But I technically do work for the artist, you know, because the only way we're going to be successful is if they're happy and if we put out what they're trying to, you know, really get out to the world. So I think they always knew that I always had their, you know, I always just would push for them. They knew that I was never going to try to convince them of something different or something that wasn't in their best interest. And they just kept trusting me in that form. And even till now, the artists that I don't work with anymore, I still see them. And I, I mean, we're friends and or they'll call me for advice. And I love that. I love having their their trust. And whenever I need something from them, I also, you know, they, I know that they're going to come through because I never ask for anything really. But we have that relationship where we, we trust one another. We're like family. So I've been blessed to be able to have some of these huge artist. Of course. So it's just about, yeah, authenticity and transparency with artists. You know, at the end of the day, you know, it's about their careers and and their artistry. And, you know, I I totally agree with that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's worked so far and I just feel like, like you said, Gabby, it's just being honest with them and just being transparent at what's going on. And I mean, literally you can't be the yes person all the time. You know, that's never going to work. You have to be able to tell them and be honest. Yeah. No, this is not going to work. <laughs> no, and they trust you. They go to you for that exact reason. So a lot of people think that working in the industry is super glitzy and it's all glam, but it's actually, it ends up being a lot of work, a lot of hard work, a lot of late nights. What advice can you give someone that wants to get into the music industry, into the music business, you know, to better help them understand that it's a lot of work and it's just not all fun and play? Yeah, it's definitely not glitz and glamorous. The life you see on Instagram is not it at all. <laughs> it's, you know, a lot of late hours and a lot of, you know, creative thinking as a team to be able to make things work. I think you have to be really passionate about music and or any position you want to pursue because it doesn't come easy. And I remember being an assistant making, I don't even know how much money. I don't even know how I survived off of that money. But it's just not easy. And it takes a lot of, time and commitment to just pushing through because this is a business that you have to have thick skin too. So I think, you know, if you want to just be in it, just to be around artists and have all this fun and go out and party, then this is not the reason to be in it because it's a lot more than that to get to where you want to be in this business. Totally agree. Yeah. It's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of probably no's in the beginning, um, shut doors, but like you just got to keep going and keep going and keep going. Like you can't just 
you know, give up. And I also think like some people coming into the business, like want things real fast. Um, and, and things take time, you know, especially when you're trying to gain experience. Um, your network is everything. Um, and it's a small business. I think people also um, have to understand that everyone knows each other. So your reputation is pretty important as well. Um, so fostering those relationships and just um, making sure that, you know, you represent yourself um, in a good way everywhere. Yeah, going to events, doing a bunch of networking is key. I feel like all the positions that I've gotten is based off of relationships that I've I've grown through these years. So I think that's one of the, the biggest things you have to be really committed to going out there and meeting more people because you're going to continue learning the whole time. It's not, you know, I'm not here and I know everything. I definitely don't. So I, I try to keep building those relationships to learn more from people that are more experienced and even people that are less experienced because nowadays... Young people know all these digital things that maybe I'm not that savvy at, but they are. Let me tell you, millennials are my BFFs. I love my millennials, (laughs) even though I think I'm a millennial too, but I think I... We are still millennials. (laughs) But let me tell you, yes, I love millennials. Like they're so about it, about it, about like tech. You might be a millennial, Alex. You're very good. You're a techie person. I'm really not though. You always say that, but I'm not. Well, listen, compared to me, I think you are. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, now you have transitioned into this um, like independent role again um, in management with the different roster, working with different Mm -hmm. artists in different markets. Tell us about that, what you're doing and um, how, you know, how that happened. So, I mean, my fortune has always been management, working on the management side. I think I love that being in wearing all hats, being involved in the artist career a thousand percent in every aspect. And so as time went on, I kind of missed that, you know, part of the thing, part of being involved on that side of things. And there was this artist that I had already had my eye on. And I had reached out to him and his team. And, you know, I had flown, I flew out to Argentina and I met him. And once I met him, I just knew like I had to work with him in some way. His name is Echo and he's one of the one of the leaders of the trap movement down in Argentina. And at the time he was 19. Uh, he already had millions of followers and millions of views on YouTube. But more than anything, I felt that besides all that, he was just a genuinely good person, like a good, hardworking kid that had accomplished all this for being a hustler and just, you know, making all this happen to himself. And I really just got along with him. I went to shows. I saw like the girls crying for him and, you know, him just having a rapport with them that I just, I kind of saw like a lot of what I had experienced with, with Pitt, with him. And I'm just like, this is just the beginning of his career. I want to be a part of it. And I discussed it with him and he's just kind of like, what? Like, okay, you want to just leave everything and come and manage me? Um, and I said, let's just keep talking. And as we kept talking, um, I told him, okay, like, I really want to do this. Do you want to be able to do this together? And him and his current team were just kind of like, yeah, let's do it. And, you know, for me, he just had it all. He's a singer. He's, I mean, he's a rapper, but, you know, he has that. He's great looking. He has a great personality. And for me, he was just like a no-brainer. Like, we're just getting started, but we've accomplished so much together in, a, in the last year that it's the passion that I have. And he's just one of those artists that the moment I met him, it was just like, like nothing. It was just we vibe, and that—that's for me the most important thing with an artist. Yeah, that I have, I have this to... passion for them that I'll do anything. 
Yeah, I have to say he is very dope. I got to meet him. He's super tall. He's very handsome. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and super talented. I mean, since you got in management, you were able to like lock so many things for him. I mean, talk about like you got him a deal with like Universal. That's huge. Yeah, so he signed to Universal Latin in the U.S. Um, we signed him to a publishing deal at Warner Chapel. He has upcoming, you know, shows in Mexico and and um, Colombia. And then we're also he's one of the fa- he's a fashion nova ambassador. And um, yeah, we're building, you know, looking for other opportunities as they come. But we've done a lot in a year. And again, he's only twenty at this point. And we have so much to still keep building, but I just see it in him. Like he is right now, he's a superstar in my mind. Like he's going to get there. He just has so much talent. I feel like you probably from all your experience, you really have like a keen eye for spotting like true talent and taking them to the next level. So that's awesome. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. I just, sometimes you just see something and you're just like, I'm going to just go for it. And that's like a big risk. Like this past year has been a risk because it's, I've had, big artists before like Pitbull that I always knew was, were there and now I'm doing this you know alone and so far so good and I don't know I I think people are willing to take risks and I'm one of those but it's just more so because I'm so passionate about what I do right. I don't know when when there's like an artist that's looking for management or representation what should they be looking for in a manager I think somebody that really is passionate about what they're doing. I think that that's important because if you don't really like the music and the artist is, you know, trying their best to do whatever it is, they need guidance. And I think your a manager's passion and also their contacts and how they can actually take you to that next level is important. But more than anything, is just for me, is the, a manager that has the passion for you because they'll do anything to get but you to that next don't, level. Don't you feel like maybe... <laughs> some managers might just like kind of BS it though and like just to try to get the client. Like how do you differentiate that from somebody that really has a passion for your music and for yourself and really wants the best for you? I think you have to do your research too and see what those managers have done in the past and kind of use your best judgment to see, you know, what is the best thing for you because you're right. And not everyone's as transparent and there's many people that, you know, they just don't, they don't care. And they'll sign you to horrible deals and you're stuck. And so I think it's a really understanding and always having a lawyer. I always, you know, make sure that you as a manager and you as the artist have a lawyer to be able to come to terms that you can agree on. Because if it doesn't work out in the end, then it's fine. But at least you want to be taken care of as well and not be in a situation that you can't get out of. But it's really just using your best judgment. And I, for me, like I said, passion is my biggest thing. And I think, the artists are the leaders of this, of the ship, you know, they're, they're, they're taking you on this journey with them. So they have to be willing to work really hard because they can't just leave the career in your hands. You have to do just as much work, if not more, because this is 80%, I think business and 20% actual talent. So a lot of people with talent, but you got to know what you're doing in the business side to get your music out there. A hundred percent. And, you know, there might be some artists listening right now that, are trying to figure out how they can, you know, kind of build their brand a little bit to be more attractive to get representation and management. What is it that they should like, you know, be doing so that they could be more attractive to someone like you? Let's say like you found Echo. What was some, what were some of those, oh, sorry. What were some of those attributes that artists should 
have or like foster in order to be more attractive? I think really just putting out a lot of content because more content means more fans. And I, I always look for that. What are they doing? What are they putting out? I think nowadays people just go on people's Instagram to see kind of what's going on. So I think being able to have social media pages that really reflect who you are as an artist and can attract the right type of teams to your page, not just managers, but even labels and, and whatnot. And right now, I think it's a lot easier than it was for artists 10 years ago where you really couldn't, you know, find an artist unless they were playing on the radio. And now you have all these digital platforms that can really help start that conversation and get you in the hands of different people. So being able to put out your music correctly, you know, get a, you don't even have to have a distributor. You can, I mean, you could just do it independently as well. And just having the basic setup, YouTube, putting your songs out on, you know, the DSP, which is the digital platform. And I think the one thing is also having like a, an email contact to be able to reach you because a lot of times people don't, and then they might you have to DM them and it's really hard to get a hold of people. And so I think just basic things like that in the beginning are key to just getting your name out there. Okay, good. So everyone listening that is interested, those are some really good tips. So thank you, Yvette. Um, so what's next for you for this year, 2020? 2020, I think is going to be an amazing year. I mean, I... Wait, wait, wait. We got to tell everyone it's your emerald year. What does that mean? Yes, I never heard that. I'm really, I'm really big into horoscopes and things like that. And I read for December that I think people get maybe eight emerald years in their life if you live to like 95. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so the, every emerald year is the year that you can make a million things happen. All the good, positive, money, wealth, love, all that is one of, you know, what comes with an emerald year. So... It said that my emerald year started the first week of December until next December. So we're starting off amazing for this emerald year of mine. Well, I hope that so emerald year comes with a diamond year. ring too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> diamond ring, yeah. lots of money. You know, I, I'm, of I'm super into horoscopes and I've never heard that before. So I, I'm going to have to go look it up. She's a Capricorn. Okay. Yeah. We get um, along. Yeah. 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 Tauruses and Capricorns yeah. get along. Nice. Um, that's amazing. Yeah, we get along great. <laughs> we do. But tell everyone that's listening to you, you know, I'm sure there's so many women that are like, wow, she's super badass. I would love to contact her or just like hit her up, say hi. Where can they reach you? Uh, well, you can reach me on my IG, which is Yvette Medina, Yvette with a Y underscore. Or you can email me at my my work email, which is Yvette at the creative MS dot com. Wow. And I would love to hear from people. Just any advice you need or, you know. I just anything, really, really love that you're representing out there women in management. There isn't enough. And and just knowing you on a personal level, I know that you give it your all, your heart. And I can't wait to see you being honored one day because you have worked so hard. And I'm so proud oh, of you. Thank you so much. I'm just getting emotional. Oh, she you. is so proud of I you. Know. <laughs> I know. It's like such a tough business to be in but I I just love it and I think I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't having such a support you know a strong support system which Gabby is a part of that because you know I have all these dreams and I just go for it and sometimes it seems crazy but I don't know I I felt you know that there's been so many artists that 
believe in me and take a chance on me. And I was just like, I need to just take a chance on myself because I've come this far. So I can't let myself down. <laughs> no, yeah. And she's somebody that I look up to. I mean, I'm obviously in the same business. And so I just love to see like her growth and and just, you know, we're like, we're best friends. So like I have seen it from like the beginning to the bad, to the good. And just to see her like shine, it's it's important for us to like support each other in that, you know, and I'm crying because I'm a fucking loser right now. <laughs> You're not a loser. That's your, BS. That's your best friend. It's not no, because yeah, no, it's I hard. Mean, when we cry, like when we have shit that yeah. goes wrong, like we're always texting each other, like, "Oh my god, what's going on?" Yeah. So it's like it's good to like you also like let let shine light on her because I don't think she's gotten enough light on her, and she's done so much. She has given up so much of her life, and um, and she still has more to do. So I'm glad that we can use this platform to like give her love and you know congratulate her on all the all the great things she's doing so thank you Yvette for sharing your story yes Yvette I think that everything oh, that you've you done is amazing everything you're I can't wait to hear more about what you're going to be doing in the future honestly and your emerald <laughs> year of course yes, yes and we're going to go guys, celebrate <laughs> in Puerto Rico oh Ooh. okay yes <laughs> so even Puerto Rico <laughs> I'll be on Skype <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much for your time love you thank you Yvette love you guys thank you so much Bye. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Hosted by Alex and Gabby. I love you guys. Oh, yeah.